have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 10 and just hold it. I'm not going to start there, but I'm going to end up there in just a minute. Uh, Acts chapter 10. Brother Dennis, in a little while, I'm going to want you to just kind of put Acts chapter 10 up on the screen one verse at a time, but not yet. Amen. Acts chapter 10. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes tonight about what it means to be available. Amen. If I were to ask you this evening if you believe that God has the power to do great things, to do absolutely incredible, miraculous things. I believe that everybody under the sound of my voice tonight would raise your hand in agreement and say, yes, I believe that God can do anything. I don't believe there's anything outside of the realm of His ability. I don't believe there's anything that is impossible with God. And if I were to tell you tonight that I believe that God wants to do something special in your life, that this year God God wants to reveal himself in a way that maybe he never has before. That this year, God wants to touch you, bless you, move and minister in your life this year in a way that he never has before. Most of you would still raise your hand and agree. I can agree with that, Brother McCall. I believe God wants to do something for me. I believe God wants to do something in my life. I believe that God has a plan and a purpose and he wants to fit me into his will or I am made to fit into his will. I am made to fit into his plan. But the truth is that God cannot, and indeed he will not, do some great work in our lives through us unless we first make ourselves available to God. Our theme for 2016 is available, and it is designed to reinforce the fact that God uses those who make themselves available. Now, that's probably the most basic statement that you'll ever hear. It's not revelatory in any way. But if, if even though we all know that God works through those who make themselves available, the absolute truth tonight is that we don't always genuinely make ourselves available to Him. And so this year, we want to compel you to consciously make room in your life for God to work, to consciously bring yourself to the place where you commit yourself to being available for God to use. Amen? We all want God to do great things. We all want to have a great revival. We all want to see souls won for the kingdom of God. We all want to be in the middle of a dynamic revival church, a life-changing atmosphere where every time you come through those doors, it seems as if anything is possible, as if God could do absolutely anything. And we even expect God to do all of those things. We know that He can. We, we know that we can have that kind of church, uh, but all too often we are too busy or too preoccupied with our lives to give him the opportunity to do those kind of things for us. When we hear that he's done them somewhere else, we rejoice and we celebrate the fact. Did you hear that so-and-so is having revival? Did you hear what God did over across town? What a wonderful thing. And then we wishfully wonder 
When will our time come? When will we see that kind of move of God? When are we going to be in the middle of that kind of demonstration of the spirit and power of God? But what we fail to realize is that we're not waiting on God. God is waiting on us. He is waiting for us to make ourselves available for that kind move of God. He is waiting for us to make ourselves available for a miracle to happen in our midst. He's waiting for us to make ourselves available for revival to break out in this church. Here's the thing. Just because we say that we are available to God doesn't necessarily mean that we truly are. It doesn't cost us anything to declare that we're available for God to work in our lives. It doesn't cost us anything to, to lift our hands and say, yeah, I'm, here I am, God, I'm available. Use me, send me. But the truth is that genuine availability is going to cost you. Amen. You have to be willing to sacrifice some things. You've got to be willing to put some things on the altar. Let me illustrate the principle. If I want to lose weight, as a matter of fact, I, I'm available for a tremendous diet to take place. There's easily 75 or 80 pounds that I could spare and still look quite healthy. Can I get an Amen. But until I actually commit myself to a viable diet, my availability for weight loss is little more than just wishful thinking. You see, I really like good food. As a matter of fact, it makes me feel pretty good to enjoy a well-made meal. I take pleasure in eating. Some of you may do it. Out of a sense of utility, you may just eat because you have to to get by. But I'm going to tell you the truth right now. I like a good ribeye steak. Amen. I like some shrimp and, and some gumbo. And I, I like to get a hold of some really well-cooked food. I enjoy dinner time. Amen. You don't, have to, you don't have to force me to the table. I'm not just suffering through it. I like it. Amen. Part of the reason why... I am constantly available for a diet that never happens is because I'm not willing to sacrifice that rewarding feeling that a good meal brings me. Amen? All of those carbohydrates, they love me, and I love them. And I'm not willing to put them on the auction block. I'm not willing to sacrifice them. Apparently, I'm more hungry for them that I am for a serious diet. You see, that's the fatal flaw in our availability to God. We all want to say amen when the preacher says, if you make yourself available, God will use you. We will even raise our hands or raise our voice and declare to God, I'm here, God, I'm available. Whatever you want, God, wherever you send me, whatever you ask me to do, I, I'm available, God. But strangely enough, God never makes his wants known. He never sends us anywhere, and he never asks us to do anything. We're available for a miracle that never seems to happen. 
Is that because God doesn't want to make His desire known anymore? Is that because He just doesn't send folks to specific places for revival to break out anymore? Or is it because He he doesn't really ask that much of people anymore? That's not the truth at all. It is because although we say that we are available... We aren't really willing to put ourselves in the kind of place where God can speak to us, where we can hear His voice, where He can give us direction, amen, where He can let us know what it is that He wants to do in our lives. I'm going to tell you the truth. There is no shortage of lost people around us right now. There is no shortage of potential revival in this community. There is just a a, a very small fraction of the people that are in this city or in this church right now. Just a very, very small representation of the this area is in this building right now. There is no shortage of people who need a move of God in their lives. There's no shortage of people who are desperate, who are hungry. There are people in this community that will contemplate suicide tonight. Uh, they will think about ending their lives uh, because there's no hope. Uh, they don't know where to turn. They don't know what to do. There are people in this community tonight who will cry themselves to sleep, who don't have any hope, uh, who don't know anywhere that they can turn for help. Uh, There is no shortage of an opportunity for revival to occur right here in Lake City. God is able and God is willing. And I said over and over again Sunday night, the only thing he's waiting on is somebody to let him. He's waiting for a vessel that he can work through. But here's the thing. Until we actually commit to putting ourselves in the kind of place where we can hear the voice of God, we will never hear his voice. Until we actually put ourselves in the mindset that we are willing to follow the directing of the Spirit of God, we will never receive direction from Him. Until we're willing to listen to His voice and seriously contemplate what He asks of us, we will never see God do for us what we have seen Him do for others. Availability is more than just a declaration. It is a commitment to being available to God. It is a commitment to put yourself in the place where you can hear God speak to you. It's about making up your mind that you will obey whatever God asks of you, then giving Him the opportunity to ask. It's about determining that you will go wherever He says to go. You will do whatever He says to do. And then being sensitive enough to know where He's saying to go and what He's saying to do. Until we make ourselves genuinely available to God on a regular daily basis, our declaration of availability will profit nothing. So the question is, how do you become truly available to God? There are a lot of places in Scripture that I could go. I probably will touch on a lot of them throughout the year this year. But tonight I want to look at one chapter in the book of Acts. And I want to consider the lessons 
that are contained there. Acts chapter 10, if you have it. If you don't, Brother Dennis will put it on the screen. Verse 1 says, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. Now, Cornelius was a Roman soldier. He was a Gentile. In the grand scheme of the story, that makes him a bad guy. He's lost. He's a sinner. He needs God. But Cornelius isn't your normal bad guy. Verse 2 says, a devout man, and one that feared God with all of his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. You see, Cornelius was hungry for God. He was a pretty good guy for a bad guy. The Bible calls him a devout man, a man who feared God and gave to the poor. And on top of all of that, Cornelius prayed to God regularly. Now understand, he's lost. He's a sinner. He doesn't know God the way you know God. He doesn't have a right relationship with God. He's not in right standing with God. But Cornelius prayed to God regularly. He had a prayer life that will put a lot of us to shame. Come on now, I know I'm telling the truth. And I want to point out something. Availability is not predicated on how good or how bad you are. Cornelius was as lost as they come. But because he determined to pray every day, because he genuinely sought God, he became available to God. That's the first step in truly becoming available. You have to open up the lines of communication between you and God. You can't hear from God if you don't ever put yourself in a place where God can speak to you. Amen? Many of us wouldn't know if God tried to tell us something. Many of us would never recognize it if God tried to give us some kind of direction or, or let us know the desire that he has for our life because we never create the opportunity for communication to happen between him and us. Listen, it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you commit to. You are not available until you have some kind of a regular time that you spend with God in prayer and Bible reading. You are not available. I don't care how often you come to church. I don't care how much money you give to the church. I don't care how many positions you hold, how many titles you have. I don't care how many degrees are behind your name. It doesn't matter what your pedigree is or what your history is. You're not available to God until you put yourself in the place that you can hear God. You're not available to God until you put yourself in the place that God can actually speak into your life. You're not available until you have some skin in the game. Amen? You've got to be willing to put yourself in the place where you're saying, God, speak to me. So Cornelius, that sinner, that Gentile, that lost Roman soldier, he did just that, Brother Donnie. Day after day, he didn't hear anything back from God. 
He, there, there wasn't any kind of move of God. He just day after day, he put himself in the place and said, God, here I am. I need a word from you. I know there's got to be something more for my life. I'm going to tell you something. There are people around this church right now that don't have truth, that are seeking the presence of God, that are available for a revival. There are people around this community right now that are desperately hungry for something more than they have. They're available for a move of God in their life. Verse 3 said he saw a vision. Evidently about the ninth hour of the day, about 6 o'clock in the evening, an angel of God came in to him and said unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, the, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. God's heard your prayer, Cornelius. Your prayers have not gone in vain. Uh, you never pray in vain. I said, you never pray in vain. It may seem like the heavens are brass. It may seem like your words are bouncing right back down to where you are. But you never pray in vain. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon whose name is whose surname is Peter. He lodgeth with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. And when the angel was spaken to Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. Because Cornelius put himself in a place to hear from God, he heard from God. What a novel idea. It's really that simple. He made himself available to God, and God used that availability to set him up for a miracle. God spoke to him. Can you imagine what Cornelius, the Bible said it frightened him. It scared him. He, he come to his prayer time just like he always came to his prayer time. And I don't know, you know, maybe I, I, I know I put a little music on. I like a little this and that. And I'm going to read my Bible and then I'm going to pray. Get right. He got kind of right into that groove. He's been there a million times before. And all of a sudden, God spoke. He didn't expect that. That never happened before. The angel of the Lord appeared to him. I'm sure that he was sincere when he prayed, but he never expected the angel of God to speak to him while he was praying. Too often prayer is about us. Too often it's about what we want, what we desire, what, we're, what we need from God, and not really about God. We, we don't really, too often we go to our prayer time not really expecting God to speak. As a matter of fact, if God interrupted your prayer time, it'd probably scare you half to death. The voice of God spoke from heaven. Lots of times we don't even make an opportunity for him to speak. We tend to have this impression about prayer that if we're not saying something, we're not praying. That's not necessarily the truth. So, Brother McCall, you can't pray without talking. If all you ever do is inform God of everything you want him to do for you, you haven't even begun to scratch the surface of what it means to pray. It's about a whole lot more than just bringing your prayer list. It's about a whole lot more than just one-way communication. 
God wants to speak into your life. And sometimes in the middle of your routine prayer, God breaks through and moves in a special way. And he begins to speak. And he begins to urge you to do something. He begins to give direction. He begins to give uh, uh, that inspiration of, of the presence of God that calls you to step out of your comfort zone. you ever notice that when God intrudes on your prayer time and begins to give you direction, that it always involves something that's not comfortable to do? It always involves getting out of your comfort zone. And immediately, we begin to doubt that it's really him. It frightens us like it frightened Cornelius because God is trying to push us outside of what we're comfortable with. Cornelius was a religious man. He gave alms to the poor. He did all kinds of good stuff, and he prayed every day. But he needed a divine move of God. He needed a miracle if he's going to be saved. So God pushed him to do something out of the ordinary. Had he said no, had he said, well, that's just me. That's just some crazy idea I got. That's just some thought that uh, surely I come up with it all by myself. Had he elected to stay in his comfort zone, consider this. He never would have been saved. But Cornelius, the bad guy, the lost sinner, had enough faith to do what God told him to do. He obeyed God. Part of being available is opening up the lines of communication between you and God, but that's not all that there is to it. We have to be willing to actually follow through on what God impresses upon us to do. Listen, the miraculous divine, earth-shattering move of God that we talk about isn't going to happen until somebody hears from God and then steps out of their comfort zone and actually does what God says to do. Sometimes we, we've heard the voice of God, but we have hesitated to actually respond to it. We've hesitated to act on faith in what God has said to do. Listen, you're not available until you're obedient. You're not available until you're willing to act on what God says do. And he'll test you. He'll try you. You're not available. When God says, you know, empty out the wallet and the offering plate, and you say, but God, you know, the bills are due. I know it's a really carnal. Preacher shouldn't talk about money like that. But sometimes God tests you just like that. It's always the impossible. It's always the improbable. It's always the very difficult thing, and money's what's hardest for us. Amen? Ask me to do anything, God, but empty the bank account. And then creditors, they don't go away real easy. Amen? But it's always that voice of God that says, step outside of the realm of, of what you can do. And let me, you see, you can't see what God can do until you get past what you can do. You can't see what God's going to do until you step beyond the realm of what you can do. You aren't available until you're obedient. And the miracle will never happen. Revival will never break out. Your life will never be transformed until you're willing to obey God. But that's not the end of the story. Even though Cornelius has prayed, even though he's heard from God, even though he's chosen to obey God, the miracle has not yet happened. On the other end of the miracle, someone else 
had to also be available and willing to obey God. The scripture goes on in verse 9. On the morrow, as they went on the journey, they being the men that Cornelius sit and drew near to the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour, or sometime around noon. And he became very hungry and would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance. So sometime around noon, Peter was praying. He went up on the rooftop to pray at noon. I don't know if that was his regular prayer time or if, or if he felt like God impressed him and he needed to go pray or, or what exactly. Maybe he slept in. I don't know. But at noon, Peter was on the rooftop praying. He was making himself available. Amen. He didn't know if maybe God's going to do something today or not, but Peter's going to be in a place where he can hear from God. It's, it's obviously his ritual. It's his habit. He, he makes himself available to God. But whenever Peter went to the rooftop to pray, life began to intrude on his prayer time. The Bible said he got very hungry. He didn't just get hungry, elder. He got very hungry. You ever had that happen to you? Almost every time I pray, life breaks in on me. Almost every time I pray, I, I remember the bills that need to be paid, I, the commitments that need to be kept. I am possessed with the urge to get up and go do something else, to go fix some problem, to go, go take care of something that's cropped up in my mind. Peter started praying, and the Bible said he became very hungry. Watch what he does, though. Apparently, he called down to the kitchen and ordered some lunch. But he kept on praying. He would have eaten, made plans to go eat. But while they made ready, guess who stayed in the prayer room? Sometimes you have to persevere in prayer before you get to the place that you're truly available to God. Sometimes you've got to push through the distractions. Sometimes you've got to hang in there through the intrusions. Sometimes you've got to get past all the stuff that tries to creep into your prayer time. Being available means you're willing to put everything else on hold. I say, I'm going to wait just a little bit right here. Lord, would you speak to me? The Bible said in verse 11, I saw heaven and, his, and he saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending upon him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth. Wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done thrice, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. So now that Peter's made himself available, now that he's pushed through the distraction, God speaks to Peter. Have you ever wondered what would have ever come of Cornelius if Peter went on to lunch instead of keeping praying? Have you ever wondered the revival that would have been missed if he'd allowed the distraction to end his prayer time? Now, here's the thing about Peter. He's the good guy in the story. But he's also a little hard-headed. God has to give him the same message three times 
before he really gets it. And even then, Peter doubted himself and wondered if this was really God. Verse 17 says, and while Peter, now while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, were lodged there. And while Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. So even though Peter wasn't quite sure what to make of this vision, what to, what to do with this thing that God was speaking to him, even though he didn't quite understand it, he continued to dwell on it. He continued to think about it. He continued to contemplate it. And as he contemplated it, God began to clarify it in his heart. Let me tell you, when you're not sure whether or not it's really God, go back to prayer. When you're not sure whether or not you're really hearing from God, pray again. Pray tomorrow and the day after, the day after, the day after that. Because God will confirm his word if you'll make yourself available. Peter doesn't, he doubts it, but he doesn't discard it. He handles it in his spirit. He contemplates it. The Bible said when the angel spoke to Mary of uh, the child that would be conceived in her, the Bible says she, she hid those things in her heart, and she dwelt on them. She kept them there. She contemplated She didn't understand it, but she just said, okay, God, whatever. I don't even get this, Lord, but I want to be available. I'm going to be ready. What I'm trying to tell you tonight is God is looking for people who will be faithful to him. People who will make themselves available to him. I'm not going to finish the story in Acts chapter 10. That is, That story concludes with Cornelius, a Gentile, receiving the Holy Ghost and being baptized in Jesus' name, him and all of his house. The first Gentiles ever to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost just like they did on the day of Pentecost, so much so that when they call Cornelius before the board of elders and say, what is it you wouldn't done? You know, you've already spread this thing over to the Gentiles. I thought this was a Jewish thing. Amen. He said, God poured it out on them just like he did on us in the day of Pentecost. Who, who am I to resist God? Who am I to tell God he can't do that? They got it just like we did, he said. And so I baptized them just like we were baptized. Amen. But what I'm trying to tell you is that God is looking for someone who will make themselves available. If God can find a man or a woman who will pray, who will fast, who will read the Word of God, who's willing to act on what He says, who's willing to listen for His voice, who's willing to do whatever God impresses them to do, regardless of how impossible, regardless of how unreasonable, regardless of how difficult it seems. If God can find an individual who is available, not just in Word, not just giving lip service to God, but somebody who really genuinely says, I'm going to seek the face of God and see what he will do. If God can find somebody who is available, amen, his power and his ability will flow through that human vessel and touch the world. Somewhere in this city, there is a lost soul that is available for revival that's desperately waiting on somebody under the sound of my voice. To make yourself available to the direction of the Holy Ghost. The truth is, God's not limited in power. 
God is not limited in ability. God is only limited by people who are more in tune with the carnal things of life than they are with the voice of God. He is only limited by people who are more worried about this stuff around us that doesn't really matter than we are about what God wants to do in our lives. If we continue to put carnal things, the things of this world, ahead of the need to make ourselves available to God, then we'll never see the kind of revival we talk about. Amen. If we continue to put ourselves in a place where we're captivated and distracted by these carnal, worldly entertainments and things that we we bring in our life and get so caught up in that we can't make the time to pray and hear the voice of God, we'll miss out on what God wants to do. Amen. The truth is, I'll miss out on the greatest weight loss record of my life if I continue to put my delight in food ahead of my desire to lose weight. And we'll miss the greatest revival that God will ever give if we continue to put our delight in the things of this world ahead of putting ourselves in the place that we are genuinely available to God. God is looking for people who are willing to commit to times of prayer. He's looking for people that are willing to commit to fasting. He's looking to people that are willing to commit to fellowship with him and his word. He's looking for people who are committed to obey the word of God, not just get excited about it, but truly obey the word of God. They're willing to pull aside from the busyness of life and get along with God and say, speak to me, Lord. And if I don't hear from you today, I'll be back again tomorrow and the day after, the day after, the day after that. Because above all else, I'm going to be available. If you make yourself available, God will manifest his character. He'll manifest his nature. He'll manifest his glory, his power in your life. Sister McCall is coming. I want to pray. Lord Jesus, I love you. Thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost that I feel right now. Lord, I'm asking you to challenge us, Lord, to pull away from this world and submit ourselves to you to find a place and a time that we make ourselves available. I believe revival is ready. I believe in outpouring the Holy Ghost is ready for people who will make themselves available.